guys, welcome to the Beautiful Boxing Podcast. Um, this is actually a rare honour. Like, I'd, I'd wanted to do this podcast, but I wasn't quite ready. So I think I've been caught a bit on the back foot on this one. But, you know, when opportunity comes, you all grab it with both hands. So today I've got a guest. I think he's the most intriguing character in British boxing at the moment. I also think you can probably call him the people's champion, I think it's fair to say. He's a guy who, in his story, is probably the struggle we all face. And it's the struggle of respect, recognition and reward. And I can't tell you how long this podcast is going to be because I have a lot I want to ask and there's a lot I want to get to the bottom of as well. So I'm not going to, you know, drag this out any longer. So look, I just want to welcome Isaac Chamberlain to the Beautiful Boxing Podcast. It's been a long time, but... I'm so happy to have you here, man. Isaac, welcome. Thank you so much, man. It's an honor to be on the show. Um, look, we spoke when you were in Miami. I know we 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 covered a lot of ground back then, you know, when you're, I mean, in the, what was it? It's like a concentration camp, the way you described it. <laughs> yeah. But I feel, and I, and I know you've just done the article with, with I want to say Doug McRae. Is it Doug McRae? Nah, Don, Don McRae. That Don was McRae. it. And look, which I found fascinating, it's, it's one of those things that as a fan you read it and you go, this sport is not glitz and glamour. And in fact, this sport is, is brutal. It's brutal on the body and it's brutal on the emotions. It's, it's, it's physically and mentally brutal. Mm-hmm. And, and look, and as I said right in the intro, man, like the struggle you've been through, particularly the last, probably the last couple of years, Man, just the fact that you're still standing is impressive. Thank you. I really appreciate that, man. But where to us? Where yeah. I want to start though <laughs> is yeah. I want to go back to the Luke Watkins fight and mm-hmm. and just ask. So after that Watkins fight, what was meant to happen? Well, um, even before the Watkins fight. They, they they were like they promised it was going to be for an international belt, and um, I was like, okay, great. You know, that's obviously that that kid gets you going and keeps you motivated in training camp and stuff. After a while now, um, like when it's when it's going to when it's getting to like the last days, like the press conferences and all of that, I'm asking, where well, where's this belt? Like they were like, oh yeah, you know, we're gonna get. Um, about on the lines, blah 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 blah. But we promise you, you'll get one. The other t- another time, we promise you, blah blah blah. And obviously, Luke Watkins, they were trying to do some sly shit when it came to the weight because they were like, oh yeah, because there's no title on the line, we're weighing at forty, like um, a couple pounds over. And they they requested for us to, to if that's if, this, if that's okay for us. And we was like, me and the Angel we were like, fuck no, like allow it. I dedicated myself and stayed disciplined. Um, like, you should be doing the same. Like, it's, it's, it's fair grounds. I'm not allowing that. So I said no. And they were talking, um, I think, what's his trainer? Patrick or whatever. Something his, his trainer. It was Groves' old trainer. Was it? So yeah. I nearly said Paddy McGuinness. It's not Paddy McGuinness. It's, ah, oh, the name. You know who he is? Anyway, he, 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 is, he was just, you know, oh, yeah, Luke is struggling. Blah, blah, blah. And then I think they went behind Frank's back or um, 
pull Reddy back and he contacted Eddie and Eddie was like, okay, yeah, fine, it's okay. And I was like, okay, that's weird. Do you know what I mean? So obviously, if he's weighing in that way, I'm going to weigh in heavier. <laughs> so I just started eating before the weigh-in. Even the day before, I was eating. Not crazy because I still had to maintain my weight. So obviously, done that. You know, weighed in, full, whatever, beat him. And they were like, okay, you know, the next fight, I promise. Because obviously, I was quite pissed that there was no weight. There was no belt on the line. You know, this guy is number three in the country. At the time, he was former Commonwealth champion. He was this and that and that. Give me my fucking belt. Like, I've fought two Commonwealth champions already. I've beaten two Commonwealth champions already. What's going on? Come on. And um, they were like, yeah, yeah, we're going to do it. So I was just, because they were asking about the weight. I was just being a diva. <laughs> I was just like, listen, like, can you heat up the changing rooms and stuff? Because it's quite cold in here. I want to walk out last. Like, he has to stay in the fucking ring. I don't care. Whatever, innit? Like, so obviously, done that, that, all, um, I won and everything. And, um, we was definitely preparing for the next fight. And, um, they offered, like, they offered, Chris William Smith for no belt and less money that I got for than what I got for Luke Watkins. And I was like, bro, are you taking a piss? Like you're serious you're taking a piss now. Come on. Do you know what I mean? Obviously I have no problem fighting uh what's his name? Chris William Smith. No problem whatsoever. But like make it equal terms as well, at least, because I found out the reason how I found out I was gonna fight him not because Eddie or Frank contacted me, no. It was because, um, I forgot his name, Andy Clark came to the gym saying, oh, how's preparation going for William Smith? I was like, what are you talking about? And then he showed me the screenshot, and I was like, oh, can you email it or screenshot and send it to me? And he's like, no, nah, I don't want to get in trouble. So I'm thinking, what the hell is going on here? Like, what is up? And obviously, um, obviously I was um, speaking to Frank and all of that, and... You know, I was like, bruv, what's going on? They were like, uh, um, Eddie was like, take it or leave it, innit? So, you know, I done, I just fucking left it. <laughs> you know what I mean? I just left it because I was just like, yo, just, I'm not just a pawn. You know, I'm a good fighter and I can tell. I'm not like one of any, I'm not just any guy. You know what I mean? Like, it's, it's good. Some Normally you get a good fighter, but you can't tell. Or you get a fighter that can tell, but he's not a good fighter. I'm fucking bold. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I know. It was just annoying. You know, it was quite annoying to me that, you know, obviously, you know, with matchroom and stuff, I don't have nothing against them. They're good people. You know, I sacrificed a lot, you know, um, to get to where I am. Do you know what's uh, interesting, Chamber? Yeah. So I've looked at your time at matchroom. And if you look mm. at all the cards you've been on, you've never been on a world title fight. You've never been on the card for a world title fight, ever. I've never been on a, Joshua, on a Joshua card. No, I even begged to be on that um, Dylan White and Anthony Joshua card. I used to DM like, oh, can you get me on that show? Because obviously, you know, Brixton and all of that, blah, 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 blah. I'll get a lot of people coming, whatever, whatever. He was like, mm. you know how it goes, beat around the bush, beat around the bush. But at the end of the day, I know what's going to happen. I'm going to go on this long journey in America and all of that, come back. And when I come back, my, the stakes will be higher. So if you want to work with me, you got to pay. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? 
Because at the end of the day, it's a business. There's no hard feelings there. And it's just a business. It's it's here's the thing I find tricky about all of this. If I'm being honest, mate. When I look yeah. at the list of the guys that were on your debut, the it's, it's like Felix Cash, it's Reese Bellotti. Uh, I think Charlie Edwards made his debut with you as well. Yeah, same as me, yeah. And then I follow your, your thing, and it's the same guys. It's the Reese Bellotti's, it's Spider Richards. It's all the guys that, before the Olympians, Hearn was pinning his hopes on. And then it's like the Olympians came, and he put you guys almost in the, in the fuck you category of just... I'm just going to put you guys out when I need to fill a um, card. I don't, I don't know. I don't really think so because at least they got given titles. Do you know what I mean? I've beaten how many people and I've not had a title shot. Remember my fourth pro fight I pulled Rafa Show at that time he was 7-0 for knockouts. Then I beat him. Then my fifth fight I fought Waddy obviously for a title. That's when Waddy was Waddy. He's not now. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then since then it was just kind of like okay where are we going? Like, where, what's the plan? Where are we going? It's not just fight for Skype, bruv. We want a plan. You know, what have you got for me two, three, four fights from now? Not just put me in with this guy, oh, because it's going to be a good fight for Skype. What the hell, man? Do you know what I mean? Like, what's, what's going on? Like, I think literally only, I think it's like this because I'm speaking my mind or I'm speaking up about it and I'm questioning things. They don't, people don't like people that question shit. You know, they just want to run the show the way it's run. You know, oh yeah, this is just how you're supposed to do it. Or that's just standard contract agreement or that's it. No, it's not. That's not the case, man. You know, that's not the case. Remember back in the day, slavery was standard. You know what I mean? And look at it. And I'm not about to be just like everyone else that's not me I'm meant for more than that no absolutely and and it goes back to the notion of the people's champion because and and I think you're the best example of this and I think Eddie Hearn has a problem with self-made people so if you're a guy that built your own following you've got your own attention and you're almost like you're growing without him it's almost like he goes well if I didn't create you I'm not investing in you because there's you um, look at what they've tried to look at all the roadblocks they've put in front of Spider. You know, they make him fight at short notice, they switch his opponents, and he's just by sheer skill and talent, just like you, he's managed to remain undefeated, even though they wanted him to lose a few. Uh, well, you, I know you, you lost to Lawrence, but you know what I mean. But mm. you see, Ted Cheeseman as well, another self made guy, and they throw these guys to the wolves. But then you look at the 2016 guys. And they seem to get an easier ride of it than you did. Like you said, you fought Wadi in your fifth fight. Yeah. And it's like, it's a, and I don't know what it is. And maybe you'll be able to say, like, what's Hearn like to deal with on a man-to-man basis? Because maybe that gives us a clue into what's been going on here. You know what? I've never really, I've not, I've, boy, I haven't really spoken to him like that. It was always speaking to him through someone else. Do you know what I mean? Everything is everything is all business, but you have to understand the type of people you're dealing with in this industry as well. You know, I remember when I came in, I was fucking when I turned professional, I was naive with a big heart. You know, I didn't know what I was really getting into, and at that time, I'll be following my uncle for his direction. Obviously, you know how that planned out. <laughs> yeah. But you know, it's it's, it's 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 one of those things. You know, um, it's all experience at the end of the day. 
it's all experience and obviously certain mistakes that I've made before in the past because of how naive I was, I would never do it again. But um, I'm kind of glad I've made these mistakes and I'm, I'm kind of glad that I've learned the lessons that I have in my career so far. You know, my career is not like any normal upper person. That's, that's what's crazy about it. You know, I've had nine amateur fights and in my ninth professional fight, headline the whole two. Like, and, and I know they didn't expect me to make that many sales, you know, because most of the people are there for me anyway. And flipping, they made millions that night. So if a guy's made you millions before, yeah, don't you think he has the potential to do it again? Well, obviously, at the present moment, I think they just care about Joshua and stuff. So, and and what's happening there? They care about the big boys, but they don't understand. You know, the big boys they get older. You know, guys Kelbrook, Tony Belly, blah, blah blah. But they're all retiring now, and they they're getting on. But you know, they they have the cash cow there, isn't it? So. So can I also ask then, have you ever said to yourself, what would happen if I just sat down and spoke to Eddie? If you haven't actually had that kind of conversation with him, do you sometimes sit there and go, what would Eddie say to me if I spoke to him man to man? Right. Um, I don't know. It's not, it's not for me to judge, but you kind of know what you're dealing with already. Do you know what I mean? You kind of know what you're dealing with already, especially with promoters in this game. You know, because I remember I used to, I don't know, maybe because I'm not an arse looking at I used to see certain prospects, especially when I was four, five, five. I'm not going to obviously mention no names. But after the fight, you know, they'll be going down, chilling, sitting next to him, hey, you know, rubbing up on him. And nah, because when you start rubbing up, the you start being a talk of the town in the office and they're laughing at you and they'll pay you less money and all of that. Nah, man, run me my sheets, bro. Do you know what I mean? Like they, it's, it's funny because with the negotiations and stuff, they like they promise they they'll give you they'll probably try and give you less money. They'll be like, hey, your promotion, you're gonna be on Sky. That's the common negotiation tactic with the exposure that you're gonna get instead of the money. So um, they're very smart with what they're doing, and it's easy to get manipulated if you try and speak to these people man to man. Do you know what I mean? So it's best to get your people to handle it that are experienced in this department. Because me, i got a big heart. <laughs> you know what I mean? i got a big heart. I want to help people all the time. So that can be taken advantage of. And obviously, I don't want to be put in a position where I'll just be like, yeah, whatever. You know, because obviously, I love fighting. Obviously, I'm not going to decline no fight, but it's prize fighting. It's not pride fighting. Andre Ward said it best. So, <laughs> you know. <laughs> but, and 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 so so this, this then comes into what I wanted to touch on, because... You and I have we've spoken on and off over the last year or so, and mm-hmm. in quiet moments, and I'm talking to to my friends in the sport and my friends outside of it. The thing that hurts me the most is, I say to people, I was like, I was at Cham- Chambo versus Watkins. I watched that fight, and I went with my friend Winnie, and I said to her, I said, give him two more fights, and he's going to be an absolute monster because. In that fight, what I noticed, first half of the fight, you're doing a lot of what you'd been learning with Angel and Jorge. And, and, and this always happens when you switch trainers. You, you're good, you, I mean, you stick to instructions for the first half, but then you know, when you get tired, you start to revert back to what you learned before that. And I was like, 
when he can do all of this for 12 rounds, he's going to be hard to beat for anyone that's not six foot eight. And then to go through the process now of going, ah, he was meant to fight Billum Smith. Shit, that didn't happen. He was meant to fight Craig Glover. Would have been a good fight when he was undefeated. Shit, that didn't happen. And all these things. And, and forget me as a boxing fan. I'm thinking, what is this doing to Isaac? Because when you're a fighter, all you want to do is fight. It's that, yeah. it's that next fight that, wake, that gets you up in the morning, that keeps you disciplined. Yeah. Do you know what? I know what I'm about to say is a bit weird. Yeah. Obviously, it's, it's like one of those things on your way to success. It's about the character that you're building. And because of these setbacks and everything that I've learned through these setbacks and how it's made me grow so much as a man, I think it's kind of gotten me a lot more ready mentally. You know, can you trust the process without getting emotionally attached to the results of the process? So if whatever happens, doesn't happen can you still be that same dog because if you get attached to the results of the process you, you start going oh man it didn't happen oh shit you know what's the point of the training but that's not me <laughs> you know I'm one of them guys I'll do I'll do it regardless I'm on site regardless I'm a dog regardless of whatever I do you know what I mean so that's why I've kept consistent people are like fucking hell how guys I kept training this whole time it's not that I'm super disciplined or super motivated. No, now it's just it's just who I am. It's a habit. Some people wake up, they'll go and run. I mean, some people wake up, they'll go brush their teeth. I'll wake up and I'll go run. I'll brush my teeth too, but you know, I was still flipping. Like I do this shit no matter what, because it's just who your essence is. Who you are. Now. This is what I am. I'm not gonna finish my career and be like, oh, I could have done this and. Uh, and and have a whole lot of regret. Do you know what I mean? That's what I never want to have in my whole life, an ounce of regret, no way. So I'll, I'll always put in work regardless. So when that time comes, and a big 2020 is coming, when that time comes, it's going to be amazing. Because, look, we're in, what, November 2019. I go mm -hmm. back to the build-up to the Akoli fight, and... And at that point, it's like you were on this massive wave. If you remember, like everything you hit was gold, essentially. And, you know, I still have flashbacks of the picture of you holding the CV up. And I go, that's a, in terms of boxing marketing, I think that's a real high point that no one else has managed to reach. Not Joshua, not anyone else, where you've had boxing fans go, that's just blown my mind. And... And so do you sometimes in a quiet moment go, I want to get back there. The upset, I want to get back there and I want to get beyond that because I want to show people that yeah. that was yeah, just a taster. I, I wouldn't so much stay back there. I would say beyond. Go beyond and stay there. You know, you want to bring something with me, obviously with everything that I'm doing, it's very risky, of course. But with me, I want to create something where they, they remember you all the time. You know, remember you all the time, not just from when you're fighting, from everything else. That's what that's what I'm trying to create. You have to create something that's outside of boxing as well as inside boxing so that the casual fans remember who you are. Because I remember that the Okoli fight, they had rappers, they had all sorts of people wanting to watch this fight. The hood Brixton was empty that night. <laughs> you know, I remember someone sent me a, a video and they were like, just flip him, nobody's out. 
You know, normally my people, McDonald's is packed or whatever. Packed. No, everybody was at that fight. You know, it just shows the support. You know, and obviously we'll we'll have that again soon, especially when I fight again in the UK. You know, not even you know, I don't even think it's support, Chamber. I think it's love. And the reason I say that is, I talked to you know my friends that trained at Miguel's weren't amateurs, weren't weren't pros, but they were just guys that trained, and we'll talk. And when you say, I say Chamberlain, you know, it's not a rational discussion anymore. If people talk with feelings like, ah, I love the kid. Kid was great. He's just a great kid, man. We just want good things for him. Because, yeah. I mean, you've built that, that, that love year on year from, from, I mean, like I remember I used to hear about this young kid, Isaac at Miguel's, and I'd always laugh at these guys. I'd go, listen, you guys always, every month there's a kid from Brixton that's amazing. And I mean... I'll see him when I need to see him. I remember the, the words I said to my friend Ed. I just said to him, I'll see him when I need to see him. And then yeah. I remember there was a time when I saw a video clip of you sparring a kid, Ricardo Slew. And that was yeah. at Fitzroy Lodge, if I remember correctly. I saw the video clip. Yeah, that's ages ago, right? Yeah, and I saw that clip and I was like... I had, that Jim, I had the Jim Tony style that day. That, that day. <laughs> <laughs> Mate, I saw that clip and I was like, oh, you know what Oh, and then I took an interest. I was like, I need to see what this kid goes on to do. And then, you know I mean, you've gone on to, in my eyes, man, you've gone on to, A, you've broken the mold, I think, in how young prospects are supposed to position themselves and market themselves. And B, you've given fans what they want. And this is one of the reasons I think you're so loved. You fight. Like, you're not a guy that's there to, to play it safe, to jab, jab, hold. You're a guy that says, listen... If we've got to fight, we've got to fight. That's the sport we're in. And I think that's why people love you. That's how I grew up, though, man. You grew up, you grew up, bruv. You need to, bruv, at the end of the day, sometimes when, you, when, you're, when you're in that ring, you're going to have to fight, bro. You're going to, it's, it's straight up, this is what we're doing. You know what I mean? Sometimes you just got to know, innit? Like, and with everything that I've been through these past two years, as long as the sacrifices that I've made, bruv, come on, man that was sticking the back of my mind all the time. Like when I was in Miami about to get released this far, I mean, I saw these guys, they didn't really know who I was. And it's kind of good because they don't show you respect if they don't know who you are. And obviously I'm boxing with them and they're trying, they're trying that thing. You know, you can feel that they're trying to thing. <laughs> and then you, you think in your head, like you've not been through what I've been through. And obviously that, that gives you, that gives you more mental strength more than anything. Do you know what I mean? And then you just handle them. I'm, I'm, and I'm pushing myself, of course, but I'm handling, you know, 12, 10 rounds of different sparring partners and all of that. And we're, we're working. Do you know what I mean? We're proper working. It's good, man. And then just to, to switch it up a bit, how do you feel when you see Lawrence Ocoli now? Because if you, like, the build-up was quite spiky, it, which was good for the fight. But I think between two yeah. people, sometimes it can go to places and you're like, Will these two ever come back from that? Because, and I was always torn because I quite like Lawrence. I think Lawrence is a good kid. You know, I've known him since the amateurs. Good kid. Always stayed grounded despite the, you know, sometimes he gets a bit emotional in the media because he doesn't like being needled. And I was like, I was like Lawrence is a good kid. Isaac's a good kid. This build-up's pretty intense. And I always say to myself, I wonder how these guys will be when they see each other two or three years down the line. So how, is, how are things between you two? Um, pretty cool, to be honest. Like, it just, it is what it is, isn't it? It's the game. 
Do you know what I mean? You know how you have to act, man. You have to act for the cameras. You know, Floyd, Tyson Fury, they do, they all do it best, man. You have, you have a media you never know when you're in it. You just have to play the game, man. You know, if you don't play the game, you won't make enough money. <laughs> Which is true. So everything there is that's cool. It. Like you guys bump into each other, it's just a handshake. Keep it moving. Yeah, that's it. Really, not in boxing. In, in, in boxing, it'd probably be a bit different. But I remember one time I bumped into him in Fort Park. And it was just like, yo, what's going on? Yeah, yeah, what's good? And obviously, because both of us are really well known now, people started clocking. They were like, oh shit, what's going to happen here? Like, well, obviously nothing happened, didn't it? That was it. Nah, wow. Um, <laughs> but, 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 you know, they're the things I like to see because, like, this sport's too brutal to be having conflict with other guys going through the same pains. Because you see, like, I look at him and I'm like, you must be struggling as well because you're not getting what you were promised either. You know, he's he's beginning to feel a lot of the pain you were feeling before. So if I, I go back to an interview where you said he's been handed everything to him. And, and I found that interesting because actually I think one of the problems with Lawrence as a boxer is he's had nothing handed to him. Like he's always been the underdog. Like he wasn't meant to be on GB. That was meant to be Ricardo Slew. So he had to overcome a lot to get there. And then at the Olympics, they're like, who's this raw novice? So he's always been a, a survival mode kind of guy. And he's struggling to break out of that as a pro, which is why he holds so much. And I don't know how you break that cycle for him. But for you guys to now be at least civil to each other, man, it just shows that, you know I mean, boxing, boxing's boxing and life is life. And I like that separation. Yeah, it's just a business to be honest, man. You can't really mix the two together. If you mix the two together... When it's time to leave, you won't be able to leave. You know what I mean? You can't really mix the two together, man. And then things just... How's Angel? And how's the relationship with you guys? That, like, because actually, I remember you telling me that you'd, you'd, you'd hooked up with Jorge Rubio, but I never actually got the mm-hmm. backstory of how you went from literally cleaning out the old team and then getting the new training team in. Mm-hmm. So what, um, what was that process? Um, literally, Marcus Williams messaged me. This was years ago. Marcus Williams messaged me. And he was like, yo, you know, um, I'm going to be working with Jorge Rubio and Angel, blah, blah, blah. Angel's my guy, but you should come down. And this was when I moved into my new house in Sutton. And I was like, yeah, man, I need to calm down because obviously I need the new change of scenery. Because when you've been in the same gym for years and years, it just, it just, it's like, it messes with your head a bit. You just want a new, fresh start away from everything. And then he was like, and I moved to Sutton. And he was like, oh, yeah, where's the gym? He was like, it's in Sutton. And I was like, no way, I just moved to Sutton. And Marcus, Marcus is a very spiritual. And he was like, yeah, you know, that's God's plan, definitely. When did this stuff that's going to happen, it's meant to happen. So this year I went there. Um, Jorge wasn't there. He was in Miami or Marbella, one of them places. And, uh, you know, I trained with Angel, you know, I was so excited to learn them under his tutelage because it was just different. I wanted to, like, it was really, really good the way he was explaining everything. And I was like, shit, man, this is great. And I swear to you, I couldn't even sleep because I wanted to learn the next day. That's how excited I was. Like, I was just on it, on it, on it, on it. Like, there's been so many times Angel has had to say, Isaac, please, 
take a day off. You're doing too much. Like he kept saying that. <laughs> you know, I was like, bro, let's just just learn this, let's do this, let's do that. And sometimes, yeah, the angels are funny. Yeah, sometimes he wouldn't even pick up his phone because he knows why I'm calling. Him, just to pick his mind or to talk about this 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 boxing, this box, this fight or whatever. Do you know what I mean? That's how obsessed I was at the time, man. You know, I was just so on it. I wanted to just pick his brains and then I would call Rubio. But obviously Rubio can't speak that good English, innit? Rubio's a shower, not really a teller. <laughs> so, you know, it's, it's um, it was good, man. It was really good, you know, learning under both of them. And I'm still learning under both of them. So you'll know this. What's happened with Big Marcus? Because I see, I, you know, when he's one of these guys, I see in gyms all the time and I'm like, When's he fighting next? Or is he is he done fighting? Uh, no, no, he's still trying to fight, but I think he has some contract issues. Um, I don't really, I don't really know, so it's hard for me to really say anything because I don't really know the deep ins and outs of it. But he definitely has some contract issues he's trying to sort out. See, because I'm trying to think, like most fans won't know who Big Marcus is, but in in especially in the London boxing scene, everyone knows who Marcus is because he spars everyone. Mm. If you need someone tall and rangy, you call Marcus. Yeah. I mean, and the guy is technically good, and it's a shame that you know more fans don't get to see him. I know, man. I know, but I think you should have some new scene, man. I'm praying. You know, but this just goes back to the fucking bullshit politics of boxing. Do you know what I mean? Like, boxing is the only sport, yeah. Where the lions are scared of the mice, man. You know, the mice being the managers. Yeah. And the lions being the boxers. But also, you, know, it's, it's, you know what it it's is? crazy. Sometimes, I think these, like, a lot of these young guys are ignorant because, like, they, they get really paranoid and they let people get in their ear. Because I say to people, listen, if someone offers you a contract, call me. I ain't even charging you a penny. I'll read it. I'll walk you through it. So by the end of it... Yeah, but you know, when you're young and you're... You don't care. You just want to fight. You just pay contract. You pay fight. You pay all of that. And you're just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, even, you know, um, this American where I was going to fight on November the 23rd, it's going to be for WBC International. They promised the top 15 ranking, blah, blah, blah. They did some research on me. Yeah. They were like, hold on, this guy is pretty good. And he can sell whatever. Before my last sparring session... In Miami, they were like, oh, um, we'll give you this fight against Simon Federici. Remember, I told you this before. Yeah. Yeah. But you have to sign this three-year contract with us. I said, wait a minute. We talking about three-year contract. Like, in three years, a lot can happen. That's, that's starting, like, that's my prime, basically. Because yeah. I'm 25 now, 26, 27, 28. That's, whoa. That's a lot. Do you know what I mean? And uh, they were like, oh, yeah, you know, we'll look after you, we'll do this. Oh, whatever, man. So I've heard that a million and one time. Do you know what I mean? And I'm, I like to look at the other people that they've brought to the table of they've worked with and all of that. And it's kind of, it's, shit, I don't know, man. You know? Was this Federici's um, the same people, but it's kind of like they were talking about they want to get him out, you know, they want to get him out, so we want you to fight him to just knock him out so we can have a reason to take him out. I'm listening, I'm thinking, listen, I don't give a shit, that's you, not personal, whatever. And and then they're like, oh, yeah, you know, 
you know, um, it'll be great. And the new hashtag and the new, and they're all saying all of this, you know, it's going to be great working with you. So they're trying to pull it in my head. I said, I was thinking in my head, listen, I'm not a kid. If I was a kid, yeah. Or if I was a lot younger, when I first started or whatever, I'll be excited about it. But I'm just like, listen, just, everything you're saying now, yeah, is it in a contract? Like, and then they sent the contract and obviously um, my advisor checked it out. And then it was like, okay, this is really weird because the first of all, the numbers was like, mm, whatever. Second of all, I wasn't allowed to put no endorsements on my shorts, which is a big problem because of my the endorsements that I'm getting now, it's a whole lot of money. So that's a big, no, no chance. Do you know what I mean? I can't box with no endorsements. They're like, yeah, we'll get that changed. We'll do this. And I'm, we're simply just saying we're not doing we're doing a fight by fight deal like I don't like contracts I'm like Derek Chisora I don't we don't fuck with contracts do you know what I mean like now that's tying up bull crap and then they were like oh yeah but think of it of how the promoter would see me it's like he's spending money for nothing getting you this WBC shot and you could easily just walk away blah 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 I said listen a promoter can always get another fight this is only one career you know, you can't, this is only my one career. Do you know what I mean? You can't, it's not like, it's just weird, man. I swear, it's just like, I'm not going to be tied up. I'm not going to be, you know, porn or whatever. Like, I'm different in it. And like, the thing, and the thing, I was going to say, the thing with Federici as well, like, that a lot of fans won't know, he's, He's like an American journey. He's like their Aussie Gervier. They're not, it's no disrespect to Aussie Gervier, but he's a guy that you go through in America to go elsewhere. So to, to force someone to sign he has a, a good record, contract, though. he has like he has a good record. He has like a guy. Um, uh, he has uh, fourteen wins and two losses or whatever. Right. You know, and he literally he just won. He just won that um that WBC belt. Bro, I, I saw, I saw him. What I saw, <laughs> I saw, I saw him get manhandled at the way in by Big Joe. <laughs> oh, mad, madness! I know. I remember that. Yeah, he put up a good fight against him, though. Flipping that, I didn't expect that. Yeah, Big Joe, man. I, I, do you know what? Because like it, it gone off in the hotel before, so I think Big Joe was a bit nervous. Like, are the old Bill going to come looking for me? Because it had properly gone off at the hotel. Because Joe's not a guy to mess around with. And yeah. so, so he was like, yo, you know what I mean? You guys may think you're mafia, but don't disrespect me, man. And I think they they crossed the line with him. Because he, he, was, he was sending us some mad messages. It was like, yo, Joe, stay safe out there. Mad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's all crazy, man. But it was a shame. Well, it's crazy, man. Because I was going to come out for that as well, man. Woo. Yeah, because I mean, that, that was going to be what the cat skills, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it was yeah, Paramount, actually. The Paramount in New York. Okay, but still well, one of those yeah. out-of-town drives from the centre, though. Yeah, yeah. A little bit, yeah. Yeah, man. But it's, it's all going to get worked out. I think I got a fight January the 17th in Minnesota. Obviously, I've signed, a, I signed some sort of, like, a deal with um, Adam Wilcock, who... He's like the head for Greg Holger, Greg Cohen's promotions, which is um, which is um, um, Jarrell Miller's promotions. You know, they, and they have a track record, a good track record of taking a lot of um, 
a lot of guys to world championships, which obviously at the end of the day is what you want, really. And obviously you bide your time, not flipping, fighting just for the sake of TV and there's no plan. At least with these guys, they're, so, they're formulating a very, very good plan. And at the end of the day, that's all you want, really. So, I mean, you, you don't have to look for now. You have to look for the bigger picture. I think in the UK, everybody's looking for now. Okay, oh, like, for example, you know, the next-gen shows and, like, Ted and Jordan and, you know, Ted, you fight for the British. Oh, oh my days, amazing. Fight for European. Like, you rush him too quick. Jordan Gill, oh, amazing. Headlines in Peter, bro. Boom, then he fights this fucking top-ass Mexican crazy guy. Then, you know, it happens. And then it's like, okay, you're getting a buzz. Then they want to rush the hell out of you. I'm like, fam, these guys are like my age as well. 25. How many more years you got in this career? You got 10 or whatever? Take your time, man. Do you know what I mean? Take your time and learn about the game. And, do you know what I mean? Longevity is the key out here. But it goes over people's heads. Not many people want to learn. And people are fickle as well. They'll only, they'll only remember now. They won't really remember too far or too into the future do you know what I mean so it's really important to just plan your steps so when you're there you're there for real you're not there on a one trick on a one um, on a lucky kind of shit you're there for real for real do you know what I mean it's like what they're doing with the Olympians but it's like we can't even see it or something most people can't even see that I don't know why but you know (laughs) Is what it is. It's, it's, it's a tough one because when I look at the guys in and around Matchroom, I look and I go, are there any real boxing people there? You know those guys who, who think like, look, don't, don't make this match up now. Give it two years. Let, let, him, let him bed in his skills. Let him get some experience. Let him, let him do X, Y, Z. Because in every other country, that's what happens. Guys are like, look, we're not going to rush you. Whereas I think... And I'm just, I'm just guessing here. I think at that matchroom headquarters, someone has a great performance. And they're like, based on that performance, I think he can beat this guy. And you're a bit like, that's a whole different kettle of fish. But they don't think in those terms, from what I can see. Especially when you look at the matchmaking. They're wrong to gamble. Well, they're reckless. It's not even a gamble. It's reckless because they can find another prospect. But like you said, man, it's someone's career you're messing with. Do you know mm. what I mean, like they've burnt through Ted Cheeseman now, mm. and I'm, I, you know, I, I talk to to the guys in Ted's camp, and I always say, look, I want him to come good again. Maybe he needs a year to chill out because the way the boxing business has thrown him about, you know, promotion wise, judging, I think he just needs to to fall back in love with the sport again because he's had a hard run of it, and he's only what twenty four. Yeah. Jesus. Yeah. 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 Well, you know, when I when I come back, it's gonna be amazing, and then it's just it's giving me that that drive even more, you know. And obviously, I secured this amazing sponsorship deal and everything. They're gonna be definitely backing me, especially to put me on the big shows. Literally, like nobody even knows this, but I remember when the Ortiz fight got announced with Wilder, he messaged me on Instagram and he was like, "Hey, bro, I just put your name down to be on the undercard. I'll see what happens." Unfortunately, that fell through because they put his brother there instead of me. Because obviously, his brother's a cruiserweight as well. And obviously, you can't argue that's his brother, isn't it? Like, so they're going to put his brother on instead of me. But obviously, I appreciate him for even pulling that, you know, for even putting me on the show. 
because obviously he knows when I, when I, when he came to Brixton, when he came to Brixton, I asked him, I was like, oh, bro, he did their space on the undercard. He was like, yeah, I'll definitely put him in for it. And the fact that he did it shows a lot about his character because obviously he was training very, very hard for that fact. So what's the relationship like with Wilder now? Because you, you were out there, like you were out there early, like before he became champion. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's all good, man. He, he's always really been good, man. Like from, when we speak on the phone and that, Wilder's crazy, man. Sometimes you speak on the phone, he's we're talking, we're talking, then he just starts to scream for no apparent reason. <laughs> I don't, I'm thinking, brother, this guy is on something next year. <laughs> like he was talking and he was like, screaming yeah and then he'll go back to normal and then he'll start screaming again oh my dear guy man but his energy man his energy is amazing you know what I, I remember what people asking me are you a Joshua guy or a Wilder guy and I said the thing about Wilder when you see him talk it's presidential I always look at Wilder and go I want my world champion to be like him because I'm like I don't think it's scripted I don't think he needs to shine light on any sponsors this man will just tell you what he thinks. And, yeah. and he's smart with it as well. He's not stupid. All right, he gets some words mixed up, but that's cool. The message is still powerful. Yeah. And now, so, I mean, with every fight, I've become a bigger and bigger fan. And I, and I, hope, he's, I hope he's that sort of guy that he won't just be a boxer. He'll become more than just be, I mean, I'll, he, you know, much like you as well. I look at these, you know, I look at you, I look at him, I go, these these are names that should exist way beyond boxing because the message is powerful enough that it applies to more than just boxing. Mm-hmm. But Very true. on a side note, there's a guy, man, if I could get an hour with Wilder, ooh. Mm. Yeah. Definitely. That's, that's, Definitely. One, that's one of my 2020 plans, an hour with Wilder. be crazy. Yeah. Yeah, he's a good guy, man. You could just see his... His character, you can just see from where he's come from as well. You know, working two jobs and shit and still having to go train, running, working the truck jobs and everything. You know, he really, really was on his grind. Do you know what I mean? And obviously that just gives you a strength of character knowing that, look what I've been through. There's no way you can just run through me. Like, I'm going to have to tear you about, apart because what I'm fighting for is deeper than what you think. You know? And uh, it's good, man. It's good. Like the way the way he carries himself and his mentality. Any any fighter can learn from that. You know, any fighter can learn from that. No, absolutely. But, but but let's stay on these sparring partners now because because there's Usyk as well, who you spent a lot of time with. Yeah. And I remember when we first spoke about Usyk, and you said to me, you said you said, what's he said? You said it's mad how they train out here because he's like they'll play basketball for an hour, then they'll go and spar, and then they might play chess afterwards. And you're like, this is some mad kind of, of camp. And, that's, and you seem to take a lot from that. So what was it like working with Usyk? Yeah, working with Usyk was amazing. You know, I would always pick his brains as well and ask him, like, hey, how do I do this? And how do I do that? And he'll help me a lot. Do you know what I mean? He'll help me a lot. And then when I started to really get good, and it was really, really competitive, in the sparring, I'll ask him and he'll be like, nah, nah, you're good, you're good. And he wouldn't really speak to me after. <laughs> and you know, I realized as well, you know, certain things you can realize in the body language and stuff. Like he'll be sparring the other guys, just playing with them, tapping them. But when it's me, you can just see, he just goes up a gear. And then I'm thinking, this motherfucker. <laughs> I'm thinking, this guy, you can tell, he's prepared for me. 
because the last time what I was doing, every time he comes in with his shot, because I'm very quick, I would throw at the same time as him because he's so defensively minded. So you have to really anticipate when he's going to throw yeah. and you throw at the same time as him. That's a bit of what Evander Holyfield did against Mike Tyson. When you have to throw when he's throwing. Because, you know, Mike got good defense, he'll bob and weave and smash the shit out of you. You have to throw when he's throwing. So it's like you're threading the needle. When he's jabbing, you throw the right hand while slipping his jab and shit like that. Do you know what I mean? And um, that's what I was doing, especially with the uppercut on the inside. Well, as he's coming in, I'm I'm, I'm slipping and throwing the uppercuts. And, and it's, it's, it was it was good, man. It was, it was really, really competitive, sparring. And it was like he was using our brains as well. That was the good thing. Like most of these fuckers, they, they don't use their brains, but they just use. They think you can just use brawns and then get away with it. Nah, have to use your brain, man. And literally, that's what it was the whole time. You think you'll cut it as a heavyweight? Um, I think he has to just get used to that size. I think the first fight, obviously, he wasn't used to the size of being heavyweight. You know, in the in the ring like that, in the heavyweight ring, and um. I just believe he has to just get used to it. As soon as he gets comfortable, that's it, man. You know, he'll be on it. I see he just has to get really comfortable. Because he came in small for that fight. What was he, like 210, 212? Yeah, but you have to remember, he did come off an injury as well. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah, he did come off an injury, so you have to put that into consideration as well. But, um, yeah, he's flipping. I think he just has to get used to being at that weight. You know, and adjusting like that way as well, then I think he'll do a lot better. Yeah, because it's one of those. I, I look and I go, "Has he got the power at heavyweight?" But then I go, "How many people can land?" He's he's in that era now where we've just got these, we've got these big lumps. There's only a handful of guys that have got real skill in the heavyweight, so he could actually. I mean, he could do a lot of damage. Mm. He can. He can. He definitely can. Just a, we'll just have to wait and see, to be honest. It's all about making the right matches, to be honest. You know, or if anything, he could just dance around them for 12, for 12 rounds and just nick it. So. Oh, please, no. You know, no more that. of that. <laughs> he, could, he, could, he could actually do that as well. And he's a southpaw. So it'll be a bit more difficult to catch him. Yeah, it's one of those, isn't it? Because you look and you go, could Wilder's right hand stretch that far and catch him? And you go, I hope so. Because I, I like I like Usyk at cruiser, but at heavy, I'm like, he might have to be a bit more defensive-minded, which I don't like, because I like it when he just puts the beating on people. That's when he's at his best, when he's... Yeah. You know, yeah, and he has so much good... He has good combination punches as well. And then who else? Is, I'm trying to think. There's another guy. Was it Mike Perez? Yeah, yeah, I've got Matt Perez. See that there? That was fucking war. We were at it from the get-go. We was on fucking smoke. I remember, yeah, I came in first time sparring. The first sparring session. And they were like, oh, yeah, you good, right? You know, we had to send some, guys, some other guys home, man, because they were getting beat up, man. We had to send another guy from England home. You know, his trainer, this is the trainer speaking. That's another guy from England home, you know, because he was getting fucked up, man. I found out that was fucking Simon Valley Lee. <laughs> yeah, so obviously. Shit, he's boxing like, okay. soon. He's boxing Fabio Wardley. Yeah, no. Mad. <laughs> so they were like, okay. I was, um, I was like, yeah, yeah, all right. You know me, I'm just like, whatever. 
as soon as we got in that ring, they were just really, really surprised with my hand speed. Mm. And obviously, Perez is used to sparring heavyweights and boxing at heavyweights. So obviously, with the hand speed now, he was like, what the fuck? Like, we was fighting. I mean, I knocked his, gum, his head guard off a few times. It was war like that. Do you know what I mean? Like, the first time, she could have deal with speed. And then she goes, damn, this motherfucker fucked me up, man. Man, this motherfucker has the fastest shit. Okay, I see you. Okay. Okay, motherfucker, I see you. And he was like, okay, Wednesday, Wednesday. <laughs> I said, obviously, I, I took it lightly. I just thought, yeah, you know, it's on Wednesday, whatever. Wednesday came down. This guy, he was obviously, I came in while he was wrapping his hands, getting his hand wrapped. Right he did not stop looking at me, screwing, screwing me, you know. Okay, I said, okay, cool, whatever. He came in on some bullshit. <laughs> he came in on some grease. And you know me, when I get, when I feel a presence where this guy's trying to do something to me, that's when I change into a different zone. Like, okay, this is fucking, fucking serious now. All right, watch. Like, that's that's how I go into it, innit? And then obviously we were just fighting again. Every time I would hit him, he'd go, go get mad. But like, ah, okay. Okay, motherfucker, let's go. Let's go. And, then, and in my head, I'm just like, okay, cool. Boom, 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 boom. Just madness happening. Fucking hell, it was a fight. Like, we was rocking it out, bro. Like, we was rocking it out. You know, and it was it was good work. It was definitely good work, man. Mike Perez, he's a guy that flipping out, man. To the point where they stopped using the other sparring partners and they were using me. I should have asked for a raise or a bonus or something. They stopped... Um, using the other sparring partners and they just started using me. And then after, I started to realize something. Like, after we done six rounds and I was thinking, fuck you yeah, these six rounds are difficult. After I realized, they put it on four minutes instead of three minutes, these bastards. <laughs> <laughs> so we felt like, bro, like, when did you guys start putting it on four minutes? Like, why did you not tell me? But whatever, innit? I don't care, whatever. But I remember Ryan Burry, they, um, he was sparring my Ryan Murphy, innit? And um he just fucked him up on a different level. He just fucked him up. Like he, he couldn't really do much. Ryan Murphy had no answers. But obviously the coaches told my prayers to fuck him up because he's uh high up in the WBA. So obviously he could be a potential fight very soon. That's why they were just like, just fuck him up. Just know what he's in for. Because these Americans, they're ruthless, you know, they don't care. You know, these Americans, they don't care. They're just ruthless. They were just like, listen, give them a beat down. You know, see, Rad, I'm, wait, Rad, I don't know. You don't know. He's, he tried, but he was, it wasn't enough. You know, Rad, Perez had too much skill for him. You know, he had too much skill. But flipping out, man, it was a good experience out there, definitely. Where's Mike very, now? Very Who? Sorry? Where is Mike? Mike Perez? Yeah. Shit, I don't know, man. I don't know. He's probably... I don't know, honestly. I couldn't even answer that question. He's a sort of guy. I still follow him on Instagram. He's just training, really. I don't think many people want to fight him. Ah, it's the Cuban curse, isn't it? Madness. Well, like... Because we used to call that the Cameroonian curse. Because, you know what I mean? Like, I remember we used to train with Blaze Mendo, Serge Bomber, and all those guys. 
and once they mm-hmm. got the indefinite leave to remain, man, they 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 embraced British culture, and I mean, a lot of a lot of booze was drunk, and you know what I mean. And like when they first came around, they were hungry, sparring everyone. I mean, taking heads off, and then once they got that that settled status, different. I think it's, mm-hmm. it's it's the same with the Cubans as well. You look at Gamboa. You know what I mean, all these guys, Lara. Once they get comfortable, man, it's the hunger. The hunger doesn't seem to be there in the same way it was in Cuba. Yeah, because they have nothing there, man. Yeah, they have nothing in Cuba. Then they get a bit of money. They're like, okay, well, I'm all right. This is better than I had yeah. before. I've won. Yeah, definitely. Anything is better, to be honest. When you come from something like that, anything is better. But you know, one of the things I write about you, I think you've been in with everyone. Like off the top of my head, I'm thinking is what Wilder, Joshua, Dillian, Usyk. Like, like you might have done the top four heavyweights on the planet, apart from Fury. Do you know what I mean? So, yeah, I mean you've 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 taken the risks that maybe others don't. Yeah. And yeah, definitely, I've definitely learned from all of them. I've definitely learned from all of them. I've definitely learned how a training camp should be run. You know, I think Isaac had the best training camp. Like how how to run a training camp. Isaac had the best one. How come? You know, how to because obviously I've been I've been with two I've been in two of his camps. One in the field somewhere in Ukraine and another one in the in the Olympic training center. And it's just how organized they were, how everything is just um, sorted out and you know, I think Isaac's had one was the best one. And obviously I use a lot of that into my training camp especially when I'm going to start doing my, my camps in Miami now. And I'm obviously have the, the funding and everything to, to, to organize all of that. So, you know, you pay for the sparring partners and the hotels and all of that. All of that's going to be sorted out now. Um, I know how to run my training camp now. You know what I mean? So it's good. All I'm trying to do now is just give every give myself every opportunity to um, to be a success in this sport. You know what I mean? So it's, 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 I'm kind of glad that I learned from the champions before me, and I've had a chance to work with them and learn from them and see how they how they act and their, how they are, you know, their behavior. So it's all good, man. Do you do any work with the British guys like Bellew or anyone like that? Um, I was supposed to, but um, I think something happened. I don't know what happened, but something happened. Where they just picked Matt McCarthy, I think. What's his name? Matt McCarthy. Tommy McCarthy. Tommy McCarthy. Yeah, they picked him instead. You know, I was supposed to though. And then all of a sudden, he starts to get matchroom deals out of nowhere. <laughs> Boy, boxing's a weird sport, Boy. isn't it? Boxing's weird, man. Boxing is weird. It's just, it, but every it's all about. I personally think it's all about the public perception. And um, promoters, they do that very, very well. You know, they do that very well. You know, it's like they, they, it's like they all worked in marketing at one point in their lives or something. Do you know what I mean? So it's just you can learn from all of that. That's why a lot of people look, remember this. I've been inactive for more than like nearly more than a year, but people are still talking about my name. You know, people are still like, oh shit, I got this and that and that and that. Just based on what I'm posting on Instagram or whatever, and the stuff that I'm doing, and you know the the anticipation of me coming back, 
which just shows that I've created some sort of buzz about me coming back already. And it's just like, whoa, you know what I mean? I'm very, very thankful for that. You know, I'm very, very thankful for that. Because normally, people, they'll be like, three, four, five months, they're forgotten about. Like, that's that's the reality of it. But trying to stay relevant is, is very difficult. And I'm glad that I've been able to. Like, you got to look at guys like Floyd. He always says some shit to keep himself in the league. Even them fake beefs with 50, all sorts of, of stuff that he does just to keep his name in the public eye. And he's very, very, very good at it. And those are the other stuff that you have to know. You have to be a very, very small athlete just to keep your name out there. Because if your name is always out there, flipping heck, it's like you're always going to, people are like, oh shit, that's that guy. Oh shit, yeah, that's the guy. I saw him on Instagram. Oh shit, that's that guy. Do, do, do. How all these guys, these social channels reposting you and all of that stuff. And your name is just always out there. People are just going to be like, oh wow. Do, do, do. Do you know what I mean? Even today, like when I went, I had a meeting and I came back while I'm walking back in Oxford Circus, flipping, oh shit, I have like this and I have like that. No, 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 no. People going crazy already. It's like, congratulations on your deal, man, whatever, whatever, whatever. Everyone's going mental. Do you know what I mean? But it, it's, it's, it's like, it's not, it's, I've, I've personally thought, oh yeah, I would have been out of the public eye for a because that's what I kind of wanted. But obviously, that's not, that's not the case. Now you know what. Being honest with you, mate, you're you're almost like the I call you like the the anti Hearn. Like you know, we're so used to lies and people telling us stuff that's not really a lie, but we know it's not true. Or it's not going to happen. Economical, economical with the truth. Misdirection. Let's use the word misdirection. They have you looking the wrong way while they do something else in the shadows, and then people just go, "But Isaac guy." He just fought his heart out. He was real, you know, spoke from the heart, said what he thought, and he also entertained us. And I think people just look at it, they go, we want more of him and less of this Eddie Hearn media spin bullshit. I think that's why your name's relevant because there's a realness to you. And so the expectation just becomes, look, we just want to see this guy fight. That's it. We just want to see him fight. Please, someone give him a fight. That's all. Yeah. Because, because yeah, yeah, yeah. I say, yeah, I. Whenever I talk to people, it's like, yeah, what's going on with Isaac Terry? Do you know? I'm like, yeah, we speak every so often, but you know, I'm not clear on it either. But people are like, nah, I hope he comes good. Mm. And it's rare that people get that love. That's the sort of irrational love that guys like David Hay had. You know, where they just have that connection with the people, black, white, yeah. rich, poor, whoever you are, you feel there's a bit of you in Isaac. Yeah. And that's rare. Yeah, man. No pressure in maintaining it, my friend. <laughs> that's deep. <laughs> <laughs> but I was going to ask you, the question I think people want to know is, what's the relationship with Al Heyman? Right, there is no relationship, really. You just go through a person called Sylvia. And obviously, I don't really speak. My advisor speaks to all of them. He sorts all of that stuff up. You know what I mean? But obviously he keeps me in the loop for screenshots and calls and whatever. But yeah, man, it's not, it's, it's a, yeah, you don't, you don't ever see him to be honest. Do you know what I mean? But he builds you up until a place where he can establish that connection with you. Yeah. So he'll build you up with small shows and whatever, whatever. 
And then when it's time to swoop down and grab you, then obviously he will do that. And that's when you start getting the, the big, the big um, titles and the big money and whatnot. Do you know what I mean? But everything is a plan. You know, everything is just a plan, really. It's like um, you. It's like people say he's given big money. I'm not going to go into too much detail, but he he's not thinking for now. He's thinking for okay, give you this. But every time you fight, you go up by this, and then you'll go up by this, and then when you get this, you get this, and then you'll be a lot bigger, and then a lot bigger. Then there's no limitations. You know what I mean? That's basically how it works. And so, um, you know, he's he's on he's on a it's like a like he wants to build your record while building the relationship with you so you can you can have longevity in this game. And that's what he does with all of his fires. That's why everyone's like, Thank you, I'll because he fucking takes care of them. Do you know what I mean? So yeah, man, I was a good guy, man. And then in terms of your new advisor, are we allowed to shine some light on him? Because to my eyes, he's an interesting character. You and I have spoken about this before. I think he's a really he's a he's he's unique. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, is it is Matt Hamilton, isn't it? Yeah. Ah man. So I know there'll be people listening who won't know this. And for anyone listening, if you go back about five or six years ago, there were only two people talking about drugs in boxing. The only two people talking about doping in boxing, it was me and it was Matt Hamilton. And what makes Matt good is, I I don't know what it is with him because he has a freakish way of just sifting through bullshit. Like I remember he did a list of every ABA champion ever. Mm. Yeah, he he is so. The reason why I work with him here is because I I remember I used to talk to him before the when I was, was still with Ted. And obviously there's certain things Ted would do that's a bit dodgy. And I would ask him, Oh, is this right or is this wrong? Or what do you think of this decision that he done or what do you think of that? And then obviously he'll give me the honest analysis down to the T and he was so on point with everything. And obviously with everything that happened, I was just like, Oh shit, okay. Like I was on this I don't trust fucking nobody shit. Because obviously your punk can well be anyone can. So obviously, but he was the only person that um, he was the only person that I kind of trusted in the sense. Yeah. So obviously, we started working together, and you know, I definitely trust him, and I have his res- and, and you know, he has my respect. And even you know, he had negotiating the Luke Watkins fight and all of that. He didn't, he didn't take no percentage. You know what I mean? He was like, no, I'm not doing this for the money. Obviously, he comes from a massive, a wealthy background. You know what I mean? So he's not even doing it for the money. You know what I mean? And, um, like, I can definitely trust him when it comes to these numbers and everything. And he doesn't even have to show it to me, but he shows me every screenshot, every conversation that he's having with these people about me and their responses and everything. You know what I mean? And he's very, very smart and articulate with everything that he's doing, straight to the point. And he can sense bullshit a mile away. Guy's a freak. He's legit yeah. a freak because, like, I think God knows how long I've known him. We were friends on Facebook for ages, but I think he disappeared off that because. Yeah, um, I think he has a private Facebook. Like, he has a, a, a sort of private Facebook. Because, yeah, because he, 
he was definitely building a lot of heat for himself around the drug thing. And him and I would talk about it. I'm like, mate, we need to keep shining light on this because there's going to come a point when they're catching 50 or 60 people a year. And then, you know, it'll be us they come back to and they go, hey, these guys were the ones that got it right. But he's mad mm. with the numbers. But he's also yeah. really, really honest, good good South African guy, settled down, I think, family. and everything. He's just, all he ever wanted when I spoke to him years ago, he's, he was like, look, I just want to help boxers not get fucked over by the system. That was his thing. And he'd break it down. He'd go, look, this is how you do social media. This is how you do this. This is how you do that. This is what you should be getting out of your purses. This is what you should be paying. And he, he was always like that. Got a lot of time for him. Yeah. And I think all young boxers need some, they need someone like that. They need someone who's going to say, look, like your first 20 fights isn't the time for me to be bugging you about 25%. That's when we, we just have these conversations. And part of the conversation is me sharing some of my knowledge with you so that if something happens to me, you can look after yourself. Like, mm-hmm. like in the, as an example, it's what I do with John Pilata. I just say, John, when it comes to boxing, everything that's in my head, I'm just going to put in your head. Mm-hmm. Because there's going to come a point when I'm not relevant to where you're going. But I'll still have to be that guy that you know, you can ask anything. And I'll always yeah. give you the honest view and I'll tell you, look, this is what's happening. This is how we take care of things. Man. And, and boxers don't go looking for that. But that's the most important thing, I think, in your career is having that one person in the background who, who's got like the best interest. Yes. Because mm-hmm. I say that, man, there have been boxers who have come to me and they show me these contracts because what, what people won't realise is there's a management contract which is a standard three-year one that you can't vary, right? But a lot of p- managers or promoters will give you that side paperwork. Yep, very true. And so if you're not smart, people just go, oh, no, 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 it's nothing to worry about. This is just our agreement. And then you, then, <laughs> you, do you know what I mean? So, so most of the people who know me well will go, listen, I need to go and talk to my mate. Just make sure it's all good. And they think they're just going to go and talk to the guy on the block. They don't realize it's coming to me. So I'll read this and I'll go, why do you need two agreements? Oh, okay. They wanted this for seven years and this has got some mad terms in it. I'm like, wow. don't sign yeah. it. Yeah. Now, they're, listen, they're fighters now. If you want to look towards Wales and the West Country, they're fighters who want to get out of their situation, but they signed their own paperwork. They can't get out. Wow. Like Joe. Yeah. You know, like there's certain promoters' contracts I've read, and even though it doesn't look like they're signed to that promoter, that promoter is still getting a check of every fight because the contract says so. There are people in very bad places, man. That's why certain guys keep fighting when you're like, why don't you stop? Mm. That's crazy, man. But now in Matt Hamilton, man, you've got the right guy there, man. He's because he's not a greedy guy. Uh, not at all, man. You don't meet people like that much in boxing. Nah, but, and that's what I asked, man. So how are things with Ted now? Well, I haven't really spoken to him, to be honest. So no no family yeah. gatherings, no bumping into each other, no weddings or anything like that? Not at all. Nothing at all. You know, nothing at all. I haven't even really heard much about him. I'm just moving on with my career, to be honest. 
And then when does that contract finally finish? Uh, December 2020. December t- Wow. I know. <laughs> and he's not he's not prepared to 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 just hand it back. Oh no, no, no chance. No chance. He's ignorant, man. That's how you know, ignorance, man. But at the end of the day, you know, it's just uh it just shows his character. That's all. But it's okay, there's no point getting mad at it. It's just I just believe everything happens for a reason. You know, everything happens for a reason. It's good that it happened now instead of happening years down the line when I'm making a lot more money. Imagine, jeez. So does that explain part of the reason why you don't fight in the UK? Yeah. Because obviously um, there's something that happened with the boxing board where they wanted me to pay him for the Luke Hawkins fight. But it specifically states in the, in the boxing board contract, if you didn't take part in no negotiation for the, con- for the fight, you're not um, entitled to no money. And obviously, nobody wanted to negotiate with Ted because obviously, you know what happened. Everybody knows what happened. Nobody wanted to talk to him. And obviously, so Matt done all that or everything. And he was there. And their response, you know what the boxing board's response was? Oh, it's best that you just do it because, you know, it just make everything a lot easier. I don't care about easy. I don't care about what's right and what's wrong. Fuck easy. You know what I mean? Well, you know, they were just like, oh, just talking rubbish, blah, 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 blah. Tev kept banging on about it. And um, unfortunately, they got my license suspended until I said, let that pay. You know, so I was, I just told him straight up, listen, I'm not going to pay. You know, I, I said, I'm not going to pay. So, you know, it's okay. That's, oh, that, that's crazy. It's crazy. So, Politics in boxing. Look, I'm going to be self-indulgent and walk this through, my sense. So, no one will work with Ted. Therefore, holding you to a contract with Ted Bammy means that you could never work. How that's not restraint of trade in some form or others beyond me. Because if no one will deal with Ted in a boxing capacity, that contract can't really exist because he can't be a boxing manager. Secondly, did the board even sanction him for his behaviour? Bro, he's it's still there. I don't know, man. It's so crazy, man. That's oh, I don't really want to go into the the politics side of everything, but this is just this is the industry that we're in. It's been like this before, and it will, it will keep me like this. The fighters that's been robbed before me, the fighters that's going to be robbed after me. It's just part of the game that nobody speaks about. You know, the dark side of boxing. But this is the sport we're in. Yeah, listen, there are a lot of people like that and there are a lot of powerful managers that have dirty contracts, but the board needs oh, these guys to make money. It's crazy, man. It's sad. It, it is crazy. You know, it's sad. I, I genuinely wouldn't give a boxer a license unless he understood what a contract meant. I just wouldn't. Yeah. You know. A fucking life agreement. Yeah, you're telling me. But the, the other thing I wanted to delve into is did you lose a lot of people as a result of the Ted conflict? And the reason I say that is, I remember when it was happening, there were definitely two camps. There were guys who were saying, come on, man, like, no, this is, I mean, African family thing, you can't be beefing like this in public, you can't be beefing over money. There were people saying, ah, come on. But to be honest, remember, we, we, it's not like I just put it out there. No. Several times, I was like, listen, like, try and sort it out. 
behind closed doors. Of course, I've tried. But um, the it, literally Johnny Nelson, the person that told me, you know what, just bring it out, just bring it out because that's some scumbag shit that he does. And um, and then after I heard he was speaking to Eric Okonzo, he was speaking to him, saying Ted is Eric is like, listen, it's gonna get worse for you, Ted. So just pay it back. And he was telling Ted, he was telling Eric, well, man, Isaac ain't got to do nothing, man. Whatever, man. I'm keeping it, man. Isaac ain't got to do nothing. And then obviously, when I heard that, I was like, okay, watch. So what I just done, I just called up James, man, James Helder. And then I just done everything from there. Literally in three hours, it got 130,000 views. Flipping it. And then he started arguing to them that it gets taken down because he started getting different. So... Boy, so crazy, man. But his video is still up. You know that his response video is still up. So, so there's a response video to a video that doesn't exist. Yeah, crocodile tears and everything. He wore a Team Chamberlain hat, Team Chamberlain T-shirt. I was thinking, who are you trying to fool? Not everybody's stupid, man. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's 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 crazy, man. It's actually crazy. But this is the game we're in. This is how just like this is just how life planned out for me. To be honest, well. What we what can we do? All we can do is just move forward and keep going. So did you go back? Have you been back to Miguel's since? Oh, he has he. No, have you? Have Yeah, yeah. Of course, I've been back and stopped showing and seen everyone. Yeah, definitely. Oh, okay. That's not my home, man. Yeah, and I was going to say, it'd be a shame if that wasn't continued because because the kids love you and the kids need to see that. Yo, if if I train hard, I can get there too. Oh yeah, definitely, man. You know, the kids are the future, man. That's what I'm always trying to do. I'm trying to um, inspire the kids because that's how I got um, into boxing properly because the coaches kept saying I can be a champion. And if they keep hearing those words of encouragement, who knows where they can go. I have one last Ted-related question, though it doesn't even mention Ted. What's going on with Chris Conger? Oh, bro. You know... um, just management stuff, man. There's not, there's not much I can say because it's not really my place to yeah. say. You know, out of respect for Chris, I don't really want to, you know, chat his business. But you know, um, I think he's supposed to be fighting on um, uh, the next gen show in December, but I don't know what's happening there. You know, so I don't know, man. I'm just praying that everything works out. Because he's been a bit inactive himself, and he's a very, very good fighter. Yeah, more paperwork, man. It's crazy. Oh man, no, it's and, nuts, man. But it's going to be sorted. And and he's a guy where you know when you try and you try and guide someone, and mm-hmm. and I remember there was a time when he was offered a deal with it was a good setup. I mean, good hell of a trainer who wanted him. And what they said was, yo, come and train with us, but we need to manage you as well. And he was Mm -hmm. like, no, I can't do that. And I remember we spoke briefly about it. And I was like, Chris, this is a golden ticket for you, man. Like, come on. But, you know, Mm. sometimes... No, sometimes you can get... Sometimes sometimes loyalty destroys. Yes. Especially in business. Bro, loyalty is a prison. I tell you now, loyalty is a prison, yeah. yeah. Because you can That's only be lo- you can only be loyal to things that benefit you. Yeah. 
And that's what I said to him. I said, loyalty for loyalty's sake is crazy. You know? Because things are important. That's very very, very true. But he's the guy I want to see fight again, man. And I, and I, I, I want to lighten up the interview now because, you know, the, I mean, you're moving into a great place. And I think just generally things seem to be picking up because I, I, I go back to, to that Sunday smoke with Chris Congo and Freezy. And, yeah. and oh, my God. You know what? But when I see stuff like that, that's what puts a smile back in my face when it comes to boxing. Where I'm like, this is what it's about, man. Lighthearted, but still intense. Yeah. Because obviously, like I played the clip earlier of <laughs> of you guys having that that three way with Freezy, yeah. And I think for for the listeners who don't know who Freezy is, please just Google Freezy and boxing, and pre- be prepared to be entertained. That's all I can say. Yeah, he's a he's a crazy character, man. Freezy is a crazy character. But it's amazing energy because he can just do that. Like, it doesn't stop. Mm. Yeah, you don't get tired, man. Jeez, man. Live for next. <laughs> <laughs> See me, I'm too calm for that shit, man. <laughs> I, and he's, he, I mean, like, like in that exchange with Chris, it didn't matter what Chris said. It just set him off. <laughs> I know, I know. Live for next, man. What a guy. But no, but all those guys, and now you, you're looking at getting your own promotional company as well? Yeah, literally just, um, Matt and some other people are going to be, you know, sorting it out. You know, Chamberlain Promotions, but I'm going to start doing some cool promotions with um, Greg Cohen's promotions out in the States. So I think my first one will probably be the January the 11th fight, or maybe, if not by then, it will be the February the no, it's not January the seventeenth, February the eleventh. That's when I'll probably start start it from there. But at the moment, I just want to be promoting myself to make sure I don't get bumped. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Absolutely. From there. So, just in light of this situation, and, and this is where it gets complex, I guess. Can you do anything in the UK promotion-wise, or is that all tied in with your fighting license as well? Um. No, no. I think I can, to be honest. But I would like to announce I'll get a major title in 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 America, and then come back and do a co-promotional event in the UK when my license runs out. And obviously, that's a big risk because nobody's really done stuff like this, really, unless they're at really at the top. But fortunately for me, I've now obviously got these big sponsors and the funding and the money to back it. So, um, you know, hopefully that will, um, that will come into fruition. Try and get that zone money. zone money. But yeah, literally right now, I'm just trying to do it for my own purpose. And then in the UK, maybe in 2021, when there's something that's going to, to happen, if something that's going to happen, I don't know. I don't know. Um, how, shit, my mind went blank for a bit. <laughs> Literally, um, by 2021, that's when, and I'm fighting regularly in the UK again, that's when, who knows, I'll be probably picking up fighters or whatever and definitely having the guys that are being hard, hard done by um, um, on my undercards and stuff 
definitely giving them a, a chance as well. That's what I definitely want to do. Just help the other guys that's been in, in a situation like mine as well. Yeah, no, it, it, you know it will be good because we haven't had. If you if you look at like historically, it's been it was Audley, then it was David Hay, then it was Joshua in terms of guys who have really done it. Then I think Eubank Junior is now in that space, isn't he? Well, he's on promotion, really. Well, haven't they got? That's what I thought they were doing, where they like seniors just doing his own thing. That's why they haven't fought because like they're advised by Heyman, but generally they're putting their own shows on in the UK. No, I haven't seen none of their shows in the UK, to be honest. But yeah, I need to clarify that. But I think that they they've gone it alone as well. Mm. Which is I thought it was, I thought it was with Poxon. You really think Senior's going to talk to Poxon? Shit, I don't know, man. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know there was. I don't know they were promoting though. I think I, I think I think I think they're their own men. Like they're those sort of guys where, yeah, Poxon might have been the ITV guy. But I don't think Senior talks to anyone other than the guys that sign the checks, just from what I've heard. Um, senior talks to um, John Wish a lot, though. Yeah, they know, they've known yeah, each other from, from like the matchroom days when Eubank was fighting on there. Yeah, I think that's what they talk to a whole lot through their negotiations and stuff. Well, I don't know, man. <laughs> but, <laughs> But now the important thing, man, is that you get your platform and, you know, you blaze a trail like you have done. Because you, you you were one of the early guys to nail the social media thing as well. All of this stuff that's slowly inching forward, man. And it's it's all... The, the stuff we're hearing now is positive. And my, my hope is this time next year when we talk, we're just like, wow, look at this. Look at the execution. Wow. This is done. That's done. That's done. And I think, yeah, definitely. I think that it's, it's it's important for boxing because, you know, you were. I just I say it again. I just think you were hard done by by Matchroom. I do, and it didn't make any sense because when you hear what Hearn says now, when he's talking to these young guys that he signed from America, and he's saying, "Listen, when I put you on a card, I need you to tear the house down. I need you to give me." memorable fights and then I put you on the big shows you did that and you didn't get the big shows <laughs> Damn. you know it's crazy bro you did that and, and and I can't even hold you and Lawrence accountable for that fight either and the reason I can't is if you remember the Hearn interview after the fight and I don't know if you do but he said they weren't ready for that and it's like but you're the promoter like you can't you can't know that after the event yeah you know, and he never, see, he'll never hold his hands up and say, maybe I dropped the ball. Maybe this is the kind of fight that should have been on a Joshua undercard. Yeah. Yeah. But now it's lessons. Learned. And then I think the, the next big thing we need to touch on is the sponsorship. You know, mm -hmm. shine some light on your sponsors now. Um, Literally, these guys... How can I say? How do I even start? Um, basically, I don't want to say too much because, um, you know, like because of contract stuff, don't really want to say, share too much on it. But um, they were like, it's basically gonna be one point two million over three years. 
But obviously with that, it's like an endorsement. So they invest that into you. It's not like I'm going to be getting 100, 1.1 million in my account. Obviously, that can happen, but obviously I don't want to do that. Just want to be very, very smart with my money and stuff. And um, literally uh, invest in this promotion. And they basically said what they're going to do is act, play that role of a promoter, which is, all right, I need to get on this show. For example, get on this Deontay and Tyson Fury rematch undercard. You pay whatever, then you'll be on primetime TV or whatever on the undercard or close to the co-main or the main event as possible. Literally like that. They were like, okay, we'll make sure you do whatever. We'll fund the training camps. We'll make sure you, you don't have to worry about no rent, worry about, you know, any bills or whatever, just to completely focus on boxing. And I think that's like the best thing ever. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? The only other person they sponsor is Akani Singbine, which is a 100 meter sprinter. And yeah. obviously, they started sponsoring him, he became the fourth best in the world. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? That's, 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 thing. that's something already. Do you know what I mean? And um, it's like uh, their whole plan behind it, because obviously, all, all of these guys, they're all millionaires. Their plan behind it is, is um, their slogan, which is be more. You know, try and do whatever you can to be more of yourself and to inspire all the workers that work for them and stuff. Do you know what I mean? And um, I remember when I spoke in front of them and they were so inspired by my talk. They were so inspired about how um, um, how I spoke about everything and obviously, you know, speak everything from the heart. And um, they were really touched by my story so far. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, they were just, you know, they just fell in love with me from there. And um, they're really, really looking forward to the first fight that I have with them. And um, literally, it's just, that's it, man. Even though life's changed a bit. <laughs> I mean, even though life's changed a bit, it's just worth being with them. But um, it's good. You know, it's good. It's definitely made me realize, okay, this is what I have to do. It's serious. Even though it was serious before, but now it's even more serious because we have all this money. You know, now it's time to really knuckle, knuckle down. Yeah, because once the money comes in, you got to generate that return, and then yeah. once you do that, you get more. Yeah, yeah, definitely. It's like the streets when you you bring the money back, you get more. The more money you bring back, the more you get, and that's how you grow. Mm-hmm. Definitely. And no, no, it's it's good, man. Like I think this last quarter of the year has been good because I see you know you're obviously growing and developing and now you know you're back out engaging with and the that's public that's why I'm, that's why in Miami oh my Miami was the best thing that could happen the training was the training there there was absolutely no distractions whatsoever I was training and going to bed training going to bed reading whatever whatever like literally that's it and I think it was just the best thing ever you know what I mean and I really felt like I was there for a mission mission and um, I'm going back out there in two weeks to prepare for this January the 17th fight. And honestly, I'm just really, really excited. Wait, wrap up warm in Minnesota. That's all I can say. <laughs> Jesus. And then, like, yeah, definitely wrap up there. No, it's going to be boiling. In Miami. Miami's always hot no matter what. Minnesota will be freezing, though. 
Oh yeah, I mean, I thought, yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> you know, like, like they only had English as an official language from the 1930s. Oh, wow. Yeah. It, it, it's either a very German state or a very Swedish state. I can't remember which one it is, but it was only like 1930 they said, actually, our official language is now English. Oh, wow. Crazy. Random fact of the day. Um, <laughs> are you going up to Saudi? No, 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 no. I'm gonna. I'm. I'm preparing for my 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 flight. So I'm going to Miami like on the on the twelfth. And then that will be a Rubio camp, right? Yeah. So when do you and Angel connect back again? Because he's going to need a holiday after this, I'm sure. Yeah. No, we'll we'll, we'll speak. We'll connect back when we when it's time. To be honest, when it's time, we'll connect back. You know, I'll go and see him and stuff. Because he's been working a lot, man. He's been working very, very, very hard diligently with them, with um, AJ. Yeah, no, like, I think we've shot messages back and forth. And, like, the key thing I said to him was, mate, this is your platform. Like, this is, you know, like, you know, this this is the sort of opportunity that that can make you. Yeah, big time. And so I'm, I'm happy for him, man. Like, that's, you know, one of, that's one of the good guys getting his opportunity. And one of the guys who... Remember when he was criticised for putting videos on social media? Yep. <laughs> Bro, you never know who's watching. Yep. Watch all these trainers start putting videos up now. You know, jokers. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. Nah, but it'll be good to have him back off duty, man, because, like, I haven't really spoken to him about the camp because I'm like, nah, I don't want to... I don't want to hear something and accidentally let it out. So I'm like, nah, let's speak after after it's all done and you've decompressed and stuff. Be interesting to know what was going on in there. Mm. Yeah, definitely. You think Joshua's going to win? I want him to, man. I hope he does it, man. You, know, you can see he's, he's trained very, very hard. You know, he's lost a lot of weight. He's just ready, man. See, so let's see him bring it home. See, this is, this is where we're on opposite sides of the fence because I'm just like, I'm just like, I don't know if you can solve the problems in one camp. Sure. You know? Well, that, that, that would just show us how strong his mental strength is. Yeah. Cause then, so it's just about, you know, it's just about, just we, we just have to see, to be honest, man. December 7th, we'll find out if the ghosts are there or not. True. You know? True, very true. Do you see Wilder over the weekend? Of course. Flipping heck. <laughs> Did he catch you with one of those? Hmm? Did he ever catch you with that right hand like that? No, 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 <laughs> no, no chance. I'm, I'm, I, no way, man. Freaking out. If he did, I think everyone would know. What <laughs> <laughs> now, man? He caught me with an uppercut or right uppercut. Ooh. See, and this is what I tell people about Wilder. And his skill set's underestimated because he doesn't really need to use it. Mm. You know, he, look, Andy Ortiz fight, he just said, let me stay out of trouble till he gets tired. Mm. And then bang. As soon as he just turned it up, bang. Crazy. Absolutely crazy, man. Like, that's freakish power on a different level, man. That, I mean, that's a you know when you're there going, I need to have kids. That's a bloodline you need to jump into because you're getting something. NBA player, NFL boxer, it doesn't matter. Like that, that kind of power is just 
it doesn't make sense. Mm, it actually doesn't as well. <laughs> it doesn't wow. because you've seen people throw punches who are tall before, right? But it's the yeah. way people react when he gets hit. It is like, yo, you might have killed someone here. Because remember when Joe Joyce fought Stavern, right? and he stopped him, but just because he was pounding him so much, the ref felt sorry for Stavern. Yeah, but while wow, they hit him and Stavern just melted. Mm. It was just ridiculous. Nah, you're right. But here's a question I've got for you. What's got you excited in boxing that's not related to your career? Nothing really, man. Fuck the system. <laughs> Nothing really, bro. It's not crazy. Like, everyone I've spoken to probably in the last month has just told me, mate, boxing ain't doing it for me right now. I'm bored. I, I, I can't be bothered. I'm not buying another pay-per-view. I'm not going to another show. That's what I'm hearing now. Mm. And you think... Um, um, nothing really, you know. I'm just... Right now... As well as as well as boxing, without me being involved in it, most of the time I'm trying to develop myself as a human being, develop myself as a person, read the right books, and and, and get smarter, and just a whole lot of stuff. What books are you reading? Um, Jordan Peterson. Ooh. You know who Jordan Peterson is. He's I, an amazing I, guy, man. I do, man. I'm torn on Jordan Peterson. Like some of the stuff he says, I'm like, mate, you're bang on. But sometimes I look at him and I go, ah, I don't know, man. You know, yeah. <laughs> you know. But he gets a hard time in the states, though. Ooh, well, in Canada, where he's from, he gets a hard time. Because mm. culturally, they're not used to that. Like they're very collegiate people. They all like to get along and not offend each other. Mm, and mm, he's, mm, he's just giving speeches going listen some of you guys ain't getting no chicks ever mm, yeah ooh shit he's good he's good though man do you read any Robert Green? no I don't even know that is no check him out. now Robert Green's an interesting one like don't get the full book just get the summaries yeah because the full book's like 600 pages but he's done off the top of my head he's done a book called Mastery so how to get good at things He's the one that did the 48 Laws of Power. Okay. And then the 33 Strategies of War. And then there's one that I'm reading now called The Laws of Human Nature. Yeah. They're good. Like, it's not a Bible to live by, but they just, you read those and you go, oh, okay. And you actually, do you know what it is? It, it shows you some of the things you've done wrong yourself and you go, ah, oh, if I'd handled that situation this way, maybe I'd have got the, the result I wanted. Mm-hmm. That's what I find with those books. I'll always read them when I'm going up on a train because I can do one of those in two hours and I can go, okay, I'm refocused now. Yeah. Shit. Yeah, man. That's good. That's fucking good. <laughs> no, I, try and read, I try and read a book every 10 days, man. Just get through one and go, okay, cool. Next. Mm-hmm. Good connect, man. I'll go. I need to start I've got boxes in my flat, man. They're just books. It is just non-stop books. Yeah, books, podcasts. I just, I'm a guy that likes to keep learning. 
and I like to keep challenging myself. I always say every three years, I completely change. Mm. Like, I just completely change the things I'm interested in. Why? Because change, yeah. yeah, the world That's is so, the... so big mm. that if you're around the right influences, I can't stay the same guy. Mm. Because you'll know this way. Like, you know, sometimes you'll, you'll meet your day ones, the guys you grew up with, and they're still talking about what happened on the block, this and the other. You're just like, I can't have this conversation, mm. man. I might need to step out here. Because you're not thinking about that anymore. You're thinking about how can I build an empire? Yeah. And then you surround yourself with people who think that way. You go, ah, oh, okay. Yeah. And it just changes you automatically. Mm-hmm. You're right, actually. Also, uh, here's a quick question. Do you still see those guys? What was it? Was it Jay Brockway? And those guys from the, the gym you used to go to? Equilibrium. Yeah. Um, yeah, I still speak to them. I speak. I still speak to them, you know. I still speak to them. You know, they're they're friends, but they've changed. Like they were a big part of my career, you know, a big part of my life as well. So yeah, I still definitely keep in contact with them. But right now, you know, you know, sometimes you have to just focus on yourself and your own um, personal development. Yeah, exactly. Especially with everything that's about to start happening, I just need to really figure out everything and really plan. Um, how I'm going to focus my training because of definitely because of how great um, the preparations for in, in Miami was. I'm going to have to start basing my training out there. And obviously when I'm over here, what kind of recovery type training I'm going to be doing until it's time to fight and I'll go out there again. So I just have to start um, sorting out everything. You know, just have to start sorting out everything and going from there, to be honest. Yeah, no, and then these are the times you realize like people have big teams around them when when all these things have to be sorted out, and you go, it's, and you can find it's draining actually. Mm, true, <laughs> true, true, very true. So, yeah, so my my only tip on that, and this is for anyone listening, sort out your logistics up front. Like, don't leave anything till the last minute because it will just stress you out. Yeah, very true. Very, very true, man. So I'm trying to think anything else we need to touch on. I think we've 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 covered most of it. Um I think that's it, man. We'll probably touch on some more stuff after the fight. Yeah, yeah, I mean I think early next year, like the boxing universe would have changed. Now after this Joshua Ruiz thing, the boxing universe will change completely. Mate, you know what I mean? You, know I mean? you might not get Angel back. <laughs> uh, he'll still be there, man. Mate, you might have to get McCracken. <laughs> Oh gosh. <laughs> <laughs> Roy Isaac, get yourself up to Sheffield then. You work on your jab. <laughs> your right hand. Uh, you're in your footwork. Right. Get your box <laughs> like Carl Froch. No, <laughs> oh, come on, man. Sleep in there. He's not that bad. <laughs> nah, he's not. I'm just taking the piss. But listen, Isaac, man, thank you very much for this. Um, yeah, no I problem. Appreciate the time and, you know, it's, it's much appreciated. My brother. It's an honour, man. Yeah, but listen, man, we'll, we'll, we'll speak when there's no microphones, man, so that's all good. All right, my brother. All right, man, yeah, you take it easy. All right, my bro. Thank you very much, bro. Ah, <laughs> nice one.
And guys, and there we have it. Um, conversation with Isaac Chamberlain, a guy, like I said, fascinating character. Like, you meet people sometimes and there are layers on top of layers on top of layers. And he's one of those guys. And, you know, I mean, it's an honour to know him. It's an honour to be a guy that we can have these conversations with. And I hope you enjoyed it. So, as always, you know, make sure, you, more importantly, actually, make sure you follow Isaac on Instagram and Twitter. Like, it's always interesting with him. Same with Angel Fernandez. Don't ask me what the handles are at the moment. And, you know, as for me, you know, it's at Highfield Boxing on Twitter and Instagram. But once again, guys, thanks and have a great day.